This is an Area Code podcast. There's a there's a full-on white woman outside. Oh, she's getting her cat back. What the fuck? Sorry. Um, there's like a white woman in my backyard. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> what the fuck? That was so weird. I just like saw like a, she's like lifting a cat. What the hell? Anyway, white people do too much. Um, she- <laughs> I'm Ashley Whitehurst and I've been performing and directing and teaching and producing improv and sketch comedy for almost 15 years. I think poop jokes are funny. I'm Felicia McLeod, an improviser, writer, voiceover actress, and just started reading tarot cards. Hit your girl up. Hi, my name is Steve Hahn. I'm an improviser, on-camera actor, and director, and my estranged father has tried to connect with me on LinkedIn before. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome back to Comedy Has an Ouchie. I am Ashley. I'm Felicia. <laughs> I'm Steve. And we have a guest today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, Steve, you want to do your amazing introduction? Yes. This is one of my closest friends. I love her dearly from the bottom oh. of my heart. Oh. Um, you, she is, uh, she hails from, uh, she hails from a lot of places, but before <laughs> Chicago, she was in New York. She's also from H-Town. Ooh. She's lived in, uh, she also went to university in uni, as the Brit- the British listeners might call it. She went to uni in L.A. So she's actually lived in the four largest cities mm. in the USA Damn. in uh, different parts of her life. Uh, she uh, was a regular at the pit in New York City. Mm. Um, she uh, got hired to uh, be on a boat from the second city while she was living in New York, came to Chicago Whoa. soon afterwards. Um, she works uh, currently with the Second City. She uh, is uh, famously on Green Co. She did the Bob Cray Fellowship in 2018 as part of the fifth cohort. She is currently founding her own theater, uh, which we'll get into. Um, I won't reveal the name of the theater right now because then that'll you'll know who it is. Although you, you probably know who it is based on the, the things that I've said. <laughs> We're so blessed to have Julia Morales with us today. Yes! yes! <laughs> She's great. Jules, was that yes. was that right? <laughs> wow. I still I mean, you know you know me more you know me better than I know me. I know you better than uh I know you better than a second city uh a second city pamphlet uh a show <laughs> for a show knows you. <laughs> yes. What are, called? Got all what are those your called? Bio? Programs? Pro- your playbill? Programs. Oh, program. Programs. 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 The playbill. The playbill. They should have your friends write your bios. That would be fun. That would be a fun exercise. Ooh, that, that would be really fun. Yeah, like an obituary. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do me, yeah. me. I would do yours. I'll, I'll make it amazing. Just change They'd be all like, that Steve, up. this is too long. <laughs> <laughs> it's 15 minutes steve i'm blushing <laughs> right uh J- like jules how you doing jules, how you doing i'm Yay. good i'm good i'm a little warm because mm. i don't have air conditioning oh no it's been hot I'm, hot it has been hot but oh yeah what's the, the problem is i get yeah. cold easily mm. so i don't have air conditioner because i'm like well what's the point i'm gonna keep turning mm. it off mm. So I just use fans. What's the temperature right now in um, Chicago? In Chicago, the temperature is, let's see, it is 70, oh, excuse me, 84 degrees. Oh, that's like so pretty, humid. Similar. Like that's like pretty similar. But humid. 
It's oh, humid. Here it's like 84. It's 84 here, but it's dry. Mm. Also, we had the added bonus of uh, tornado warnings and stuff <gasps> last week, which is scary. I was seeing videos of y'all's weekend this past weekend, and yeah. I was like, this is, how, this is how I know Chicago is homophobic, because it's Pride weekend, and, <laughs> and the devil's pissing. The sirens were going off. It's to celebrate Pride. <laughs> yeah, because sirens, sirens are famously gay. Yeah, everybody knows that. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, 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 yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Jules, before we get into... Uh, uh, everything. Uh, what's I, I know Steve touched on a little bit. But give us give us your origin story. Uh, where you started comedy, how you fell into it, how you wound up in Chicago, etc. Yeah. Well, I um I I attended the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. I started it's two year program, so I went started in New York, ended in L A. And one of the classes there was uh, improv, and so my teacher. Frances Collier, she's the one that kind of introduced me to the fact that you can do this on a regular basis. And um, I got really into it um, when I moved back home to Houston. And then I got a scholarship, a diversity scholarship through NBC. And um, uh, to move, well, basically New York. So I ended up moving from Houston to New York, did a ton of improv and sketch and, and classes and workshops and festivals um, in New York. And then I auditioned for second city cruise ships out of New York and, um, got hired. And then we were doing the rehearsals here in Chicago and I just kind of fell in love with Chicago. And, um, so I think by my third ship, I did a total of five ships, but by my third ship, I had, uh, decided I moved here to Chicago and, um, ever since been teaching and touring and, Oh my gosh, what have I not done? Directing and and being a mentor and a good friend to Steve. <laughs> Steve <Yes>. only. <laughs> he requires a lot. <laughs> Just giving him all, all my attention. <laughs> Just no, I definitely give all my love to all my friends and Fee. Mm-hmm. My this. love. I love your name. It's so cute. <laughs> my darling. I love... I uh, I love that. That's such a that's such a great uh, accidental falling in love with uh, improv story, which I feel like is how most of us come to it. We're just like, oh, this seems fun. Oh, I also like this city a lot. I think I'll move here, and then we get stuck here for years. So, <laughs> yeah, I think for me it was also just like you know, uh, getting tired of getting typecast sure. in these plays and in these shows, and and trying to figure out who I am in this acting world. What's the so, last play that you improv, did? You- last play that you did. The last play play I did was, uh, ooh, it's been a while. It was um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Really? And really? I, yeah. Which has recent, recently been adopted to film. I know. And I saw that and I was like, it kind of brought me to tears because I was like, wow, this really mm. is such a good play. And of course, you get people like Viola Davis mm. and, you know, uh, Chadwick Boseman who kill yeah. it. And I'm like, wow. But this was, I, yeah, my last play, play, like an actual play wasn't, that was back in what, 2004? That was a long Learning time Learning lines ago. is hard. <laughs> it, it can be, yeah. Yeah. And I kind of feel bad because I'm sure I was in another play, but that's the one that I remember the most. Would you ever go back? Remember? Oh, go for it, Steve. I was going to ask, do y'all remember the last play you were in? 
or the last non like a play play you were um, or a music or a musical a sketch. or okay. or a musical it can be a musical it was college it was some stupid play called spinning into butter has anyone ever heard of that yeah no. it was weird it was like trying to like talk butter. about racism but it was like completely <clears throat> missing it um i played in like a 50 year old <laughs> white <into> administrative <laughs> principal type or something it was weird <laughs> mm. and i was like oh, i don't like this yeah. that was my last play yeah. how about you fee <laughs> i feel like it was high school like my senior year of high school Ooh. and i can't even remember what it was yeah yeah it was a long that was a long time ago well, you, mm. Steve. Yeah. Uh, mine was Avenue Q. I did a production of Avenue Q in Chicago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was that like last yeah. week? <laughs> yeah, that's why I was in town last week. Or two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the I reboot. Was doing, I, I was doing, yeah. Oh, that, that show has not aged well at all. So I don't know why they keep putting it up. Oh really? Yeah, I've never sh- seen it's it. Not, but I just know it was it's naughty. Not, it's not. It has not aged well at all. And I used to do the characters I played where I was Princeton, who's like the main, um, like he's like the one that goes in. He's like the fish out of water. That's like the main character. Like everything is seen through him. And then I played this like in the closet character named Rod. And there's just so many. Like, there's a song called "Everyone's a Little Bit Racist," which like is. I, I don't know if true or I don't know whatever depending on whatever person's definition of racism is I guess but the examples they use in it are just not they're just so bad and mm. yeah it's just of it's course. just but it's a very I, for when it came out it was a very clever musical and also I think the funniest thing about Avenue Q is that it beat Wicked for best new musical wait <laughs> did it really oh wow I didn't realize Tony's, it came out the same year at the 2006 Tonys it beat or 2007 or whatever year it came out it beat out um, Wicked for for, wow. for the best musical that's crazy that's nuts so wait did you play it in a on one of the big stages here yeah I did that it wasn't a big stage but I did that one it was like one of my first like paid oh, theater wow. gigs yeah nice um, and I, I loved I secretly love things that don't age well. <laughs> I just love the cringe factor. I love going back and being like, oh, this doesn't age well. Let me see. Let me be the judge. And then I'm like, ew, it doesn't. It's like, you know. You have that secondhand embarrassment where you can't look at the TV and you're just like, ah, oh, this is different. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. There's like, it, I just can't help it. I'm like, no, I just, I, I have to see for myself. And I do. And I'm like, ooh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. And then I don't watch it ever again. Yeah. All right, so go watch Avenue Q and find out for yourself. All right, so uh, let's do our segment, the shit jar. Pew 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 pew. It's our gossip, restorative justice, coping mechanism part of the show. We're gonna share a story about something that's happened to one of us, and then handle it the best way we know how. So. I think our guest brought a shit jar entry today, and I'm eager to hear that. So, Jules, you got something for the shit jar? Ooh. <laughs> okay, so the shit jar, this is has something to do with the comedy community mm. um, in general. Um, something I've experienced. I've experienced quite a few things. Oh, man. 
it depends on where you want to, where you want me to elaborate on. I could elaborate on giving back a diversity scholarship because it wasn't as diverse as they made it seem. Oof. Um, I could touch on, uh, someone who is not diverse receiving a diversity scholarship. Mm. Uh, a lot of scholarship <laughs> stories, clearly. Um, I'm trying to think like I have, Oh, there's just so, there's so many different things and nothing is like coming to mind, but, um, or, or going to shows in the community early on and, um, being treated as if, uh, I'm a threat. Mm. Uh, in a sense, I remember like going to a show at one of the comedy theaters here in Chicago. And I, uh, you know, they let me in late because um, I was coming in from somewhere else. And I sat in the back quietly and I sat in, on the by the wall. And then <laughs> these, <laughs> this, this group of young, white uh, youngins um, were enjoying the show, but then saw me appear and then turned and looked and took and grabbed their bag and, and like oh, politely fuck. pulled it closer to them and around. And I was like, I remember looking and being like, I'm not going to steal your bag. And also they probably don't have no also, money. Screw you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Also, it's like, like, it's like your Jansport bag. Yeah. Like, bitch. Bitch target call. But now, <laughs> but here's the problem. But now, I want to yes. steal your bag. Yes. Okay. Because you made it. You give yes. me a challenge. I will take yes. it. <laughs> you just, you oh, just made okay. this an obstacle course. We're doing it. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it was like, okay. I was like, you know, I do not feel comfortable in a lot of these places. I never really did, um, to be honest with you. I, I, I have, um, and this is like, no offense to anyone, but like, I just have an issue hanging out with big groups of white people for long periods of time. And I don't mean it as like to be funny, but I somehow somewhere in that whole gathering of folks, I somewhere, somewhere something clicks on and I'm like, mm. okay, I need to go. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable right now. Which is hard to do um, when all these spaces are, majority gatherings of white folks so yeah yeah and there's nothing wrong with them but you know we don't have the same stories we don't have the same backgrounds i mean mm -hmm. uh i there's things that i say like oh there was one time <laughs> i was around some folks and uh i said um uh oh i was i was eating something and i said oh they really put their foot in this <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe it's just a Southern thing. Maybe it's just a black thing. But that means that they really put all their all into the quality of making this food. <laughs> mm -hmm. And boy, people were confused. <laughs> they were confused to the point where I just kind of got looked over and I was like, oh, okay. Well, sometimes the things I say, I just feel a bit awkward. I was like, you know what? Or maybe I'm just an awkward person in general and I'm okay with that, but... <laughs> I, it's hard to tell where that comes from. Yeah. And I think we've sort of talked about that on the podcast before, especially when non-white folks are auditioning and pull references that uh, white folks don't understand. And the, the the feeling then of like, well, why should I be modifying my stories and my references to appease this situation? Mm -hmm. So that comes up a lot for sure. 
Well, here's the other thing. The other thing for me is that, you know, uh, TV shows like what friends and modern Mm -hmm. family. And I, you know, so much stuff has been shoved down our throats over years and we've had to learn and we know it and not to mention I'm not saying it's bad stuff but we get all these references I mean I've not seen a full episode of Friends ever (laughs) ever not from start to finish but I can tell you I know the couch references Mm. I know the bagpipe stuff I know what Central Perk like I know what it is because it's been kind of forced but if I say um, if I go ooh Jerome and how like do, yes. does anybody get that reference like yes. you know what I'm saying if I <laughs> it's like I'm like what I, I need people to like you know we gotta learn each other's stuff I'm like so it, it's uh, it's a little it can be frustrating because it's like I learned what you know what you all enjoy learn what I enjoy too please. totally <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Stephen V, you've you've mentioned something similar when we've talked about being on stage and um, or just in these spaces, trying to, yeah, to yeah. to kind of you feel like you're doing so much extra work, right? To have all this this bag of references that you don't even care about, but then to have this whole other bag of references that you do care about, and then like, okay, which one? <laughs> yeah, like why the hell do I need to know what a smelly cat is? <laughs> If, right. if, if you can't What's a smelly cat? That shit, oh. that shit from, is from Friends There you go That's a freebie It's just It's just exhausting <laughs> Yeah it's exhausting to like um, Like God And it's just like There's so many like White people In the comedy community Especially I think I'm like Just done with white people Right now <laughs> But there's a lot of White people in the comedy community Who are just like are so like uh performative about like oh my god yeah like you guys black lives matter like stop asian hate like it's so important and i'm like okay but like you have you still have an all-white friend group okay like you still have like all these things actually you know well this isn't the point of the conversation today but if it does come back to this eventually i do want to know like i think it's the answer is obviously different for every person but i have been grappling recently with this idea of like what is the like is it possible for people to be friends now who are just like not who are just like so different ideologically you know because i think like back in the day or not even friends but just like i mean i think we could coexist obviously but like you know like back in the day everyone was like oh ruth bader ginsburg and uh scalia used to be like friends even though they were like so differently on the political spectrum in the supreme court like if they can do it anyone can be friends and reach across the aisle but like is is that possible like you know like at what point do we like like i don't know like because like i've been have i've been really grappling with like being friends with some of my friends from my like previous chapters of my life whether it's chicago comedy or high school or elementary school or whatever who like just are ideologically like more conservative than me um Anyway, that's not the point of the conversation today, but it is like, I think something worth. I think it is a good question because it's like it It also depends on uh, what your definition of being a friend is, because me, a friend is someone who mm. I can rely on someone. I feel comfortable being vulnerable with all aspects of my life. 
And if I feel like I'm not mm-hmm. being valued or my opinion is not being valued, then they're not considered a true friend. So if there's somebody who has like different religious beliefs, okay. But if it's someone who's like, they think my life isn't valued or that we're, I'm being dramatic because I think that that should be, people should be held accountable for things. And it's like, then you're not a friend. I don't think you're an asshole for that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, I'm, I, I love that being vulnerable in all aspects of your life. And there's not a lot of people I can be a hundred percent myself with. I, mm-hmm. I think I, I put up a lot of, of, um, walls with a lot of people in general. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, mm-hmm. I just because, you know, you just can't trust everybody. And it's not even about trusting. It's like, you know, what are you doing? You, I, you just can't trust everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm very careful yeah. about things that I say. Yeah. It's hard because I was thinking about this recently with one of my best friends from growing up who like is so supportive of me in every like part of like how I identify. She's also Korean American. Um she like she but but and we grew up ideologically pretty similar honestly like we grew up in the church together so we grew up really similar but then i came to chicago and went to school here or there i'm not i'm not in chicago right now but i i went i grew up and went to school in chicago and she stayed in florida and she has some like really what i now consider to be pretty problematic beliefs but they're beliefs that i probably used to held too so am i like but I, but I like, I think that it's hard for me to reconcile that, but I'm also trying to take a step back and be like, should I, am I being an asshole? Because I also have more, I had more privilege to be able to come to school up North and like, she like stayed in Florida to go to school. So I have more privilege in that way. And so I was able to like edify myself more because in every way, otherwise, like we're the same on paper, you know, like anyway, yeah. it's a conversation that I have too, because I think about like, um, like this, this, uh, uh, like a former student of mine, um reached out to me and like we were like uh like because she just moved out to la so i like uh met up with her to have a meal and like during the course of the dinner i found out that she's um she's pro-life and um and i mean she's like very staunchly white feminist like i had to like she was like saying some really problematic things about like what places are unsafe and i was like don't say that so she but also part of me is also like she like grew up in like a bubble so am i like vilifying this like white person for just not having access to resources even though it's not my job to like edify her by any means and it's not my job to like teach her or xyz and i think i think about this a lot with comedy with like white people in comedy especially like it's not my job to teach you it's not my job to do xyz i also have a lot of privilege and i've always been set up to succeed i've always been set up to like have an education to allow myself to like learn and grow from these things but also like i just buckle against this idea of like being close to people who just are like frankly fucking stupid like just really like just ignorant and maybe i shouldn't use those interchangeably but like ignorant and it's just like i don't know it's just i really buckle against and i wish i had like a bigger heart (laughs) i really do i wish i had a bigger heart i wish i was nicer i wish i wasn't such an evil nasty bitch but like i just i cannot like rectify that part of my brain that sees this thing this like like a lot of like what 
is ultimately like white people in comedy or just generally ignorant like a lot of people of color are also ignorant a lot of like white queer people are ignorant even though they're like very pro lgbtq they're very problematic in other ways i'm problematic in ways too like i'm not i'm not exempt from this i have a lot of like unlearned um or i have a lot of learned biases that i'm unlearning as well i have a lot of like certain phobias that like i, I just was taught so i'm committing to unlearning but i just like I, I really have a hard time buckling against uh, buckling mm-hmm. again. All right, I have a hard time not buckling against, you know, like ignorant people, and a lot of them are in comedy, and a lot of them just come from backgrounds where it's like, yeah, Chris Farley is still their comedy icon, you know, and it's just like that's what it is, and I don't know, you know, what what's our commitment to that? Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking. Uh, I've I it, it's weird Steve because I I felt the same thing too and I think it's as 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 we get a little older you start to sort of take a look and the people around you your time gets more limited so you're like why am I spending time with people I can't really stand um and deeper relationships sort of matter it's it's doesn't feel as superficial stuff doesn't you know do do anything anymore but I was thinking about like this in terms of you know how do you we can disagree on whether capitalism is good or bad, but then when you start to get into to parts where you're saying, okay, all lives matter or, oh, I'm pro-choice except for, or whenever there's a but or an accept or an exception, I think that's where I have a hard time um, meeting people halfway because to deny people certain existences or to deny that people have other lived experiences, I think is is wrong, full stop. And I think that's where a lot of that my frustration comes up, comes against with with people who I don't agree with ideologically. We can disagree about certain nuances, but if you're going to say like, okay, yeah, Black Lives Matter, but then also all lives matter, it's just like, no, 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 you're missing the entire point. I don't feel like we can have this conversation right now or LGBT rights uh, or I don't believe in gay marriage or something like that. It's just like, but you are denying you're saying that your more your rights and your 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 access to thing is way more important than somebody else and then turning around and saying you know but i'm a god-fearing christian or whatever so i'm 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 with you steve on that it's a hard struggle i i don't know the answer i don't have a clear way i've dealt with it except to cut people out (laughs) you're done (laughs) i was thinking about this one time i posted this facebook post sorry you just reminded me when you're talking about growth and unlearning things, Steve, I once posted something on Facebook and it wasn't that long ago. I think it was like maybe four or five years ago. And I was like, didn't understand. I was saying, I, I said both hashtag black lives matter. And then I said, hashtag all lives matter. Cause I was like, all of our <laughs> lives matter. And I was trying to say that we all matter. Right. And then, mm-hmm, and I was like, <laughs> and I will never, I mean, yeah, I definitely got canceled and I'm okay with being canceled. I, I'm, it's quieter, uh, but it was one of those things where I was like, why are people so upset? Mm. So it, it was, cause I knew what I meant when I said it or what I was meaning behind it. Um, and again, I don't have white perspective, so I don't know what, I mean, obviously white perspective doesn't have the black perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, the black experience, I should say. And so, but I have the black experience. Trust me, I've had my fair share of racist shit happen to me. Um, and 
not as extreme as others, but it's happened. And so uh, I just, rem- I'm thinking like, you know, I remember being like, God, and, 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 and taking the time to really like understand why are people upset? Why are people upset? Why are they coming at me? But even though like the post that I made got like so many likes and all this stuff, cause I was really trying to root for everyone. I was like, we're all, let's all mm-hmm. work together. Let's all do this, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And I was like, and then when I started learning more about what other people meant, most white people specifically, what they meant by all lives matter, I was like, oh, no, but that no, that's not what I meant. No, no, no. Mm. I'm saying, yes, we we do matter. But these black lives matter first because your life has always mattered. So I just think I just love. um, Sorry, you just literally just reminded me of it you know, growth and unlearning and we're still unlearning. And even no matter if you are POC or not POC, um, everybody can learn. We got really? a lot of stuff to mm-hmm. learn. Yeah. <laughs> and giving ourselves yeah. grace oh. to like take our time and truly learn and unlearn. Cause it's like, we're not going to be perfect. Um, but at least it's like, I'm hearing this new information and I'm moving forward with that new information. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, cancel culture wasn't as hardcore as it is now um, or it has. But um, it was there. And I was like, what was what? Yeah. I mean, I was so confused. But I was like, but you know what I meant behind this? But it's not that it's like you have to understand what people are trying to say and what they're trying to. To help other people understand in that situation but yeah, yeah i think it comes back growth is important yeah and it comes back i think yeah, steve's mentioned this a couple right. times and it, it's something i remember is it, the intent behind your words is it does matter and i think also if you are learning these things and applying it in a, in a healthy way awesome but if you're learning it and going willfully against it then i think that's where the problem arises i'm not saying that, that, that that's what's happened with you it's just that that's the, de- the delineation where it's like someone goes, oh, oh, yeah, I understand what all lives matter. Nope, I still mean what I said. You know, it's like, OK, <laughs> oh, we're done. <laughs> no, no, I cut that out real quick because I was like, oh, no, because I don't want to be associated with. these. No. Folks. Yeah. That's, that's not what, a hashtag you want to live about? on. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. One hashtag. Pull the little strings out. And, you know, pull the strings out. Mm. Strike through. <laughs> the little you know, the little strike, get it out. Unweave it. Let it fall yeah. apart. Yes. Unweave the hashtag, y'all. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, uh, I guess speaking of, um, I guess, all these these all-white spaces that we're talking about and, and your all of our pursuits to feel safe in these places, um, let's talk about the future. And some some institutions are opening back up. Um, where some institutions have fallen, there are other places that are also trying to open up. And uh, this is my seamless segue into <laughs> asking Jules about Beautiful. Stepping Stones Theater. Let's talk about it. I'm yes. so excited for this. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited too. Um, yeah, well, I started a theater back uh, last year uh, during the pandemic uh, for basically that same reason of just not I'm just, I'm just tired of seeing and hearing all the things that are going wrong, uh, with, when it comes to diversity and comedy. Mm. And so, uh, 
I said, you know what? I just, maybe I can start, I'll just start something on my own and take a chance. Uh, but Stepping Stone is built to create to, uh, a platform to uplift and amplify diverse voices. Um, hearing what the people want, hearing how people want to work together. Um, diverse people want to work together and, and, um, and should be introduced to this incredible art form we call improv. Um, also known as making it all up. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it, it for me, the impact that improv has had in my life, is, it, it just, it's just been so therapeutic. And it's nice to go up and play make believe and pretend with other adults. And, you know, and at the time I was going back to a regular nine to five job mm. and my my growth at work and everything else was, it was, it had gotten so much better. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. I could have conversations with people. Um, you know, I feel like I was always able to add to stories mm -hmm. or, you know, find some good conflict resolution or, you know, it, it, I mean, I don't know in its own way. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's therapeutic. And I think that, you know, this type of art form should be, you know, should be um, brought to communities that don't have a strong improv presence. And because uh, I can guarantee you, it will help a lot of folks. Mm. It will help folks. So, um, yeah. So we have outreach, outreach programs. Um, we just did our first one on Saturday. We uh, went to the South Side and, and did a an amazing um uh, improv workshop, uh, with some young, uh, teens, oh. all, <laughs> all young men. And so they were hesitant at first, but they got mm. into it. And then afterwards, even one of the young men, he was saying how he did not participate in a lot of stuff. He was like, he wouldn't go up. He was very nervous. I said, okay. I said, I'm not going to push you to do anything you don't want to do. But of course I, you know, at the end I said, did anybody learn? What did you learn that you didn't no walking in beforehand. And that young man who was all quiet, he got up, he said, even though I didn't participate in a lot of stuff, um, it was really nice to see people having like good communication. Oh and, my God. And, um, oh my God, I'm goosebumps. Each other out. Oh, I know. That's, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, and then he was asking me, do you have shows? Do y'all have shows? And I said, okay, this, this was it for me. I said, that's right. Yeah. This, you never know the kind of impact you have on people. You know, you just, he, Truly. it's, I, I wanted to take all of those kids and just be like, <laughs> yes, I'm your big sister. <laughs> I got you. We'll get you where you need to go. What do you want to learn? I got you. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. It was really, really cool. Um, and it's nice to see that there are so many tons of programs out there in Chicago looking to help uh, youth uh, in, in very positive ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're speaking so much of the obvious transformative effects of improv, but even stuff like that of just like learning to be just take a beat and be introspective for a second is something I certainly had to learn and did learn through improv. And even when you're not up on stage, you're just absorbing and watching. It is so important. So it's just to me, like as a t as a teacher, all of us are, are teachers here and coaches and directors like those are the moments that matter the most more than the the student who got the biggest laugh of the night. Like, I want to know, I want to know how the, the person who didn't, 
speak up a lot or hung back and did one scene, how they felt and what happened for them. Like that's, that's it right there. <laughs> yeah. It oh. was, it was great. I, you know, sometimes in those situations you can have like 200 mm-hmm. students and you know, if you can have an impact in, on like one or two mm. like that, then I'm yeah. good. I'm happy. Totally. And, and that was the case. It was like maybe, maybe three or four students who were really vocal about what they learned and out of 10. And I was like, I'll take this. this I love that. Your so Chicago, much. Com- your Chicago comedy is Lady Gaga. She was <laughs> yeah. like, there can be a, there can be a hundred people in the room and 99 of them will say no. Hey. Hey, there probably was more <laughs> too. Right? They were just like too, too shy or too like, yeah. oh, totally, but maybe next to time, say. right. They'll speak up. You yeah. Know, what I love about like, what you're doing in Stepping Stone is mm. like what I love so much about it is that it seems like it's the first theater in Chicago that's equity based and mm. not like equality based. And I think that's really important in a city. I think that's really important in an art form like comedy and in improv specifically, because I think a lot of these theaters like are fine in that they're like, they try to pr- preach equality, but then that doesn't work ultimately if you're looking at like a like a art form like improv that's been predominantly white throughout history mm-hmm. and you look mm-hmm. at Chicago which is a very segregated city and you only place theaters like we've said this before but you if you only place theaters on that strip of like north right you look at like North Ave and you have Second City Steppenwolf and IO which are arguably Chicago's three biggest theaters maybe other than like the Goodman um which is in the loop, which is not much better, right? I mean, you put you place these like institutions of theater and art in mostly white neighborhoods. Equality does, doesn't work; it doesn't cut it. And so, it's great that there's finally something that's showing that equity works and that it needed to be done a long time ago, right? Like there needs yeah. there's a lot of work to be done, but like I'm glad that you know that's all I was about to it. say. Yeah, there's a lot of work to yeah. be done. I mean, you look at so you look much. at. I mean, I I look at. Like, this is just what I know is like, you know, I've never seen any kind of improv or comedy or even like a non-Asian theater group or whatever try to like make outreach in Chinatown, which is like the only real like largely Asian population in Chicago. Um, Like there's other large pockets of Asian populations in Chicago for sure. Like Lawrence, like on Lawrence Ave and Skokie, I guess. But like, but if you look at like Chicago proper, it's just Chinatown really and you know, you look at these neighborhoods and I've never seen anything done like that for Asian populations. And so I'm hoping that slowly as we like move down from this like white centric, you know, point of view of how comedy should be done, we're starting to make it a little bit more equitable. I, I, I don't know about what it's like for, you know, mostly Latinx neighborhoods, but, um, you know, I, I can't imagine that it's the same as well, like we're a gonna white get down neighborhood, there. you know? <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say we can get down there. We're not. We're not. We ain't looking at just people that look just like me. I'm. We need to do some outreach in Chinatown and Pilsen, and Little Village, yeah, and little, Pilsen. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, I'm glad just, that there's hey, people doing the work. I'm glad yeah. that there's people who are starting yeah. that, and it needs to start. And I'm hoping that more people take it upon themselves to do that work too, because it's like. Also, it's great that you're doing it. But also, it's like Jules is. If you're listening to this, Jules is one person. Like, helps help. You know, like whatever, whatever, like stepping stone puts out. Like, help. You know what I mean? Like, do the work and like help, help out where you can. Yeah, 
Well, here's the thing that I did learn, and I had just talked to my colleagues about this, is that when we do these workshops, when we do go out and do these outreach programming to these students, it's important that we make sure that we send people that can represent Mm -hmm. them, a face that they can acknowledge. Um, Thankfully, uh, I was able to do this with uh, Jonathan Lee Ray, and he is um, half half Asian and uh, Puerto Rican, and I'm Black and Puerto Rican. So by looking at us, you both know, of course, that we are POC, but it was nice for them to not have that. And I I don't mean this in an offensive way, but it's something that happens far too often, which is the white savior complex where, you know, it's like, hey, we've got this really great thing. And it's like, cool thanks for showing this to us but when i you know i got into improv i got into a lot of things because i saw people who look like me doing something that is different that is uh extraordinary and fun and so the person who told me about improv initially about i can do more of this and blah blah was a black Mm -hmm. woman you know it wasn't some white lady telling me I'm like, yeah, it would have went in one ear and out the other. It would have been like, great, thanks. I appreciate it. But, you know, having another black woman being like, hey, you're very, you're so funny. I'm like, oh, cool. Mm. You know, Um, that that said a lot to me because that was that was like looking in the mirror. That was a peer to peer. And so it's important. So, Steve, when you're back in Chicago, Get ready. Yes. I'm going to go to the whites. We're going to China. I'm going to go to the whites. I'm going to go to the whites. Steve, you got it wrong. Steve, you got it wrong. Girl, send me, send me to the loop, baby. Send me to, send me to. Corporate industry. Yeah, send me to the bean, girl. I'll recruit people from the bean. Uh, see, I mean, come on. Send me to Streeterville, girl. Yes. Send me to Viagra Triangle. Oh. Send me to Viagra Triangle. I could, oh I could immerse my, I could, I could do it. I could study abroad well felicia are you ready yes (laughs) yeah there is there is a there is a power of representation and it's like it's empowering so many and i i i preached it a lot when i was in chicago but i never really like internalized it because i never felt like i like could like i never felt like i could look up and see someone that looked and sounded just like me i think like the closest to that there were people who were close to that but not in the same way and it's like once i moved out to la even just like on like my everyday like i got a haircut today and the like person who like washed my hair looked and like looked and sounded like me and i was like yeah wow okay it's like these little it's, yes. these little thi- it's these little things right of like people who are underrepresented or marginalized or both right like if you're one and or the other like you need to have that level of representation because it's important to you in some capacity you know mm-hmm. and it's having yeah, the person who happens. is teaching and exposing you to this understand kind of tying this back to our references conversation, right? When you throw out a reference that you don't, that they're comfortable enough to be able to do that and have someone receive it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's, yeah, yeah. I think that's so was, important. <laughs> yeah. I was just talking about this with one of my Asian friends out here because we were talking about how like on RuPaul's Drag Race specifically, Asian queens do so poorly. Like they do so, so, mm. so poorly on that show. There's only been one Asian winner who grew up in the US like entirely. There's They never make it super far. Like there's never, they don't do that well. And a large part of it is because these like, there's this like Western centricism 
And a lot of these things that we talked, we talked about this before, but there's a lot of like Western centric ideas. And that's a lot of the cultural references too, is like, that's like the cultural references are, the cultural references are both racial, they're cultural, they're demographic based, they're Western in a lot of ways too, right? And there's this idea. And when you look at a show like RuPaul's Drag Race, let's say specifically, you look at a show like, um, or you look at a host like RuPaul, who's like a black queer man, um, a group like, for example, in the US. So like, like RuPaul gets like gets all the black references in the show or mo- predominantly um, gets most of the white references, but does not get any of like the Asian Queens references or does not get mm. right. So like because and because he's the one making the decisions and the producers are none mm. of them are Asian, like because of that, like Asian Queens get nixed kind of early. And there is like something to be said about like how. I think I would do well. I think Yokohama could win. And I, I think about how, like, I think I could win because I'm fluent in Western white centric, um, like cultural references because I grew up in Northern Florida and like, I just like, and I, I like pop culture. So I, I studied it as if it was like a, like a test sometimes, you know, like I, (laughs) I became fluent in it, but that's the only reason why is because I'm able to code switch between like, you know, like white Steve and, like palatable white Steve, right? And like purely like queer. I mean, if you if you look at how I act around people, for example, like if, if anyone ever witnesses how I act around like Jordan Stafford and Elias Rios, like that's pretty close to like who I really am. Mm-hmm. And if you look at how I act in front of like I don't know any white producer, like that's my my I'm toggling, right? Neither one is like inauthentic to me. They're both true to who I am, but this but the one I act around where I'm a code switched, which a lot of us know how to do, like a lot of people of color know how to do and a lot of queer people know how to do, is because I that was learned. That's not authentic to like it's authentic to my truth now, but that was learned. It's not innate, right? So I think that's like something to keep in mind too, is that there's a lot of like learned code switching that happens for us as um that in the city that like it's hard it's fucking hard and i also mm-hmm. i have a, i had a lot of privilege in like like learning these things but a lot of people don't so a lot of like asian community for example there's like certain asian all asian improv groups and like some people are like they're not good and i'm like they would be good but you don't get where their point of view is coming from you're mm-hmm. they're not good from they're not good from your western white centric point of view that's fine you're not very good to my eastern asian point of view and i don't mm. constantly critique you on that right and just because like i know how to toggle between the two doesn't doesn't diminish their worth or improve mine mm-hmm. right so it's like this idea of like these this idea of like non-white western center whatever it is straight whatever needs to like stop being the the the, the pinnacle of what we hold standards to mm-hmm. yeah specifically because it's 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 stolen it's uh i think white culture and white references are all just like pick it pickpocketed from other cultures and other vernaculars and everything and so there's nothing original there and i think what would behoove more white people in these spaces and specifically in in any space you you take up is is just to to appreciate other types of points of views and and mm-hmm. and just receive it and shut up and receive it the way that whites have sort of you know trampled upon non-white folks for so long to push you know dumb friends references right like how wonderful would it be if we could just like all kind of exist in this world where I've seen the show you've seen the show we've seen the show oh my gosh we're laughing about it. we can have a really fun scene about it and 
yeah, uh, that, that's it. And I, it just makes me feel really excited specifically uh, about Stepping Stone uh, making this a part of their purpose is to have yes. have that representation inside these classrooms on, on each side so that kids maybe don't have to learn that unhealthy way of code switching or they mm-hmm. can feel like they can bring them their full selves to whatever they're performing or whatever they are they're initiating with and not feel that anxiety Um so I, I fucking love that. It makes me so excited uh, because it's not existed in any theater I've ever been a part of. I wanted to see if if you've, Jules, if you've thought of through through this already, if I'm I'm getting a little ahead of things, but the curriculum, what's the training going to be like? What is the show process <gasps> going to be like? Uh, I'm so, I just, I'm so excited to be in that, in a space and, and see what's getting created. So yeah. Yeah. Well, we're still fine tuning so many things because we don't have like a physical space yet. But um, what I have already outlined for a curriculum is, oh, excuse me, did that burp? Keep it in. Um, (laughs) Cut that out. Yeah. Well, I guess keep it in. Um, uh, No, it's um, we're doing. uh, We're kind of doing like someone called it like a liberal arts sort of thing where, you know, you have your three core classes and then you can branch off into different specialized uh, Mm. courses. So everyone has to learn like the first three levels of um, classes at Stepping Stone, which are your improv, uh, learning about Stepping Stone in general and acting. Mm. We're Mm. really going to hone in on giving Yes. Uh, acting classes. Like um, these are, you know, these are going to be very, these are going to be very good acting classes. Um, you know, you can still go to your black box theater type classes and stuff like that, but this will definitely give you a, at least a taste mm. of good acting classes. And then from there you can branch off the short form. So you start learning about short form or you can do long form or you can do sketch or you can do musical improv. Mm -hmm. And so let's say you finished all of short form and you're like, oh, I want to learn musical improv. So instead of starting all the way back at level one, you just Mm -hmm. slide on over to musical improv and you're not going to be learning yes and all over Mm -hmm. again. You're going to just go ahead and start working into um, the basics of musical improv up until, you know, uh, I think it's levels four through six, um, is what we have right it's now. It's so smart. And, well, it is so smart. smart. It's I, I, when I saw that, I was like, this feels like, um, uh, Zelda Legend of the Wild. Cause you don't gotta keep <laughs> starting over. You can just explore other lands, but you already know how to play the game. Yes, you know how to play the game. There you go. Yes. Explore, explore the, the other lands. lands. Well, yeah. And <clears throat> for level six, you know, we want to make sure that the things that I felt like I could have benefited from in classes and in, in, in other theaters and stuff, we're making sure we include in this one uh, in, in our classes here. So there's like a lack of understanding the business mm. or how to create a show. Um, the stuff, just the, 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 yeah. And in that level six, we're going to bring in a lot of guest teachers Uh, for specialized things. One thing I'm really excited about is working with my old hip hop improv Mm. team, North coast and them coming in on level six and teaching, um, hip hop improv and, and there, there being a variety of types of improvisation, uh, musical and through the musical, um, improv. Um, but the thing is, uh, again, I, I'm not an expert 
in every single thing. I don't know everything. I don't know everything about me. She's lying. She knows everything. She's lying. Jules knows everything. I wish. I wish. Jules knows everything. It is your I wish number. Go ahead. Sing it. No. 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 See, that's all I know. But the, my goal is to bring in some really uh, experienced, uh, well-respected folks into uh, this process of creating this curriculum, so that way um, we can we can have something pretty solid down. Mm-hmm. And then the other great thing is, as time continues, we can keep amending the curriculum. We can keep yeah. trying to update it with the times. Um, and for what folks want. Uh, in addition to that, Stepping Stone Theater is going to provide as many resources for people to be able to reach their artistic excellence. Mm. Uh, that's I another that. thing that I felt like yes. it's it's so frustrating to not be able to go to a jam, uh, a free jam at that um, on a regular basis, any time of the day of the week. You know, uh, ten thousand hours of pra- practice sessions. Um, you know, just also, open mic. Do people and- know if people don't know about that program? People are probably some a lot of people participated in that ten thousand hours, which mm-hmm. Jules brought to yep. Chicago from New York. And I don't know if I ever told you this, Jules. You know that that program is the reason why I got hired at Second City. Yeah, is it? The only reason I got hired as a teacher at Second City was because of that program. Because of that program. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because mm. I used to coach. Oh, yeah. You may have told me this. I- yeah, I coached that program, and then I started coaching coached ensembles because I had coaching experience from that program. And then I got hired to be a teacher for oh, coached ensembles. Nice. Yeah. 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 Okay. Put that on the I website. Like that. Put that on the website. A success story yeah, right there. Testimonial. Yeah. Testimonial. Yeah. I, you know what? I will need some testimonials, <laughs> so I'll definitely be reaching out yes. again to and be like, okay, write this down. I um, love um, but I Also, I, something that you said that was really interesting that I had never thought about really until now, but it's like crashing over me now. Musical improv is so fucking white. I was just thinking that too, Steve, how it's been I like one type that we've so always so learned. Awesome. Yes. Oh my God, it's so white. And I did, so, so I never did the conservatory, so I can but I did the music conservatory. Like I did like the six That's the one I did as well, yeah. Yeah. So I did the whole program. I, I, um, my class is weird, but like, I still have a lot of fondness and respect for every, everyone in my class. But I, I remember it while I was in, I was like, wow, this is like really white. But because I was fluent at code switching, I was like, well, I, I guess I can, I can do it. But now I'm thinking about it and I was like, oh my God, because the musical theater is very white. Like that's why Hamilton, honestly, like you look, you look at musicals like Hamilton and In the Heights and, um, <laughs> Name other musicals of color because I can't think of any. Um, Wicked, they're green. Yeah, they're green. You're right about that. They have to make a. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're green. I get. They're they're goats. But you look at you know like you look at Wicked. I don't know. Rent, I guess, kind of like they're gay, which is you know. Yeah. I mean, although all musical theater is gay, um, but like you know, Rent and uh, but like you look at these musicals and so much of a musical theater is like white. You look at like so like you know I mean wicked you look at you know you look at uh joseph's technicolor free uh dream coat les mis phantom of the opera they're all like white and so i think in turn i just they're I, all doing the rock opera they're all doing rock <laughs> operas and that's what musical improv is i mean if you look at like baby wants candy or whatever like it's a lot of like it's a predominantly white group right i'm not mm-hmm. making that up and um and it's just like it's a lot of like white like and even the structure of like an opener and then like 
a, a contrapuntal duet and like a uh uh like a like a I wish number uh a a, a group anger whatever they're called. I forget the terms exactly but so you know more than I do but you look at all these musical <laughs> musical improv terms so I was like or musical improv things but I was like wow this they're all based on like white white music yeah. white music that's like mm-hmm. what it's based off of yeah that's why I never liked I think there's a lot of opportunities to be able to create our own forms of musical improv based off of the other thousands and thousands of genres of music um so i'm i'm excited to explore that and i'm excited to have people who get inspired and want to come to stepping stone to create uh something different something fresh that we can bring to the community because again i'm not here to make all the decisions i'm just here to provide the space and the platform and the resources Mm. as best as i can um it's up to the community to um do the rest i love that yeah, mm-hmm. you're you're yeah, you're leading uh, with uh, the best of intentions instead of ego and a bottom line in mind. And I think that's not been the case for any of these places that we've been a part of. And I get that people need to eat. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, um, th- I think it's make we've talked about this before. It, it, art in in our in our environment. Can it exist um and sometimes it, it can't because when you've got these, you know, these corporate overlords saying you have to, we have to have ticket sales this and you have to appease to this audience, it's just, you're not going to be able to make good art. And I feel like once you strip mm-hmm. that away, what you're going to see get created is going to be amazing. It could be a whole new genre of, of musical improv that we've, that we've, uh, <laughs> that these places have never seen. So this is going to be awesome but also like i've like i've said before you know white white is right white is right you, know? <laughs> you have said it at night you just never <laughs> stop saying Canceled. it <laughs> Canceled. Life, it's steve steve famously loves white <laughs> constantly um, uplifting I so, love hot topic. And, you sorry, do. Sorry, you're bit, such. Over. You're, over no, that. you are because you you always come with your. I'm a your hot nose topic ring. girl. I'm yeah. a hot topic girl. <laughs> you got your lava yeah. lamps in the back. Do they sell those there? Is that am I thinking of Spencer's? I forget. They sell them at both. both. They sell them at both. They're the same thing. Yeah, they are. I think they were the same thing. They're the same. They're the same thing. But like, um, I always say like hot topic is or Spencer's is just like hornier. That's it. Oh. Oh, that's true. You could get like <laughs> naughty edible underwear because you can get like naughty stuff at like (laughs) you can get like naughty stuff i think at both places but you can like it's just like the energy is hornier at spencer's Mm. true uh speaking of horny speaking of horny how 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 can we how can we support you (laughs) is that a good segue well it's so funny you say that because stepping stone theater has an only fan we're selling it <laughs> oh if that were true if that were true uh, yeah, get, get you get you an OnlyFans page yeah. <laughs> but uh, yo you can check us out at steppingstonechicago.com and uh, you know people can donate to our fundraiser we're still working on our funding um, we're still working on getting to our first goal which is $500,000 come on people that's a lot of money but we were hey yes. we're working to get a, a building at some point and buildings don't uh, you know they don't come cheap uh, so you can check us out on Instagram at Stepping Stone Comedy uh, we're also on Facebook um, at Stepping Stone Comedy 
and on Twitter at BIPOC comedy mm. because Stepping Stone Comedy did not, they don't allow us too many letters mm. according to Twitter. Um, what? Are, you day, sure? they what? Left, are you sure? Because I'm 100% I've seen, I've seen sure. Twitter accounts that are like I'm Biden's like tight bussy 69. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm 100% <laughs> sure. Support Stepping yes. Stone Theater. It will mean so much to so many people. And um, yeah, it's, it's, this is an important cause. Yes, follow and follow on Instagram. I, I, there's something to do with what algorithms or metrics or something, right? You need the follows to to get. Uh, well, how does all that more work? Who knows? But follow. I'm follow. still learning. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's go to our improv edit segment. Uh, we're going to call out something that we've talked about and we're going to sweep edit it, tag it out, some sort of improv technique. Um, presumably it's some unsavory thing about our, our community that we are hoping doesn't have to be a thing going forward. So anybody, this will be like a Herald opening. Anybody can initiate. I'm going to um, tag out um, my my a conversation from earlier when I was talking about how I once said all lives matter, mm. I'm going to tag out all lives matter and bring in black lives matter because I know I know I've grown yeah. and I understand what it means. Um, not like I didn't, but now I know why I shouldn't say all lives matter. <laughs> and I'm going to, um, uh, uh, what do I want to do with this? I want to, uh, do a nice walk on, of unweaving the hashtag. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> yes. That's my new favorite thing. Unweave, Unweave the hashtag. It. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm I'm gonna do a level two Susan Messing uh um what did what what did we do? What do you learn in level two where you you uh, hold people? Uh, object work? It's no, it's oh. it's where you literally do like lifts with people on stage. You are actually yeah, oh, it was weird. Oh, she did. Yeah, do yeah. That. I forgot yeah. about so that. So I'm gonna do that and like that. Uh, um, as a as a way to lift up and push and boost the signal for all these communities that are popping up. So Stepping Stone, uh, there's a lot of other uh, Lantern Collective that that Fee's a part of. We're, I want to get these these communities boosted, and I'm imploring yes, everyone who's it. listening um, to to join me in lifting because one person cannot lift another human being alone. I'm not that strong, yeah. <laughs> so that's my move. It's my level two move. I'm gonna call lights on the state of musical improv at this point. <laughs> yes. So <we> can- yes. <laughs> So we can create, yes. start the new show of new musical improv yes. being inclusive of everything. Um, so I'm not scared to do Hotspot anymore because I know people won't sing the same songs that I'm singing. Yeah. Baby, it's you. <laughs> yes, that's such a good one. Oh, man. 
okay i'm gonna call um i'm gonna call security on um i'm gonna get the i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna bring over the i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna call over my um, nice night staff at second at at a show i'm gonna lean over and whisper and then be like hey can you can you bring the manager for real quickly and then they're gonna bring the manager i'll be like hey can you get security real quickly and then the security is gonna come in and i'm gonna be like look at those raggedy ass white comedians (laughs) over there look at those rag with the bad teeth Bitch, look at these people, and it's like the, the, the people, those white comedians that like pretend like they're performatively on your side, but then they're fucking problematic. You know who I'm talking about? They know who they are, okay? These people who are like, who are like, I'm never on Harrington, bitch. It's because you don't bathe, okay? It's because you're not funny, and bitch, I'm not gagging. I mean, I'm gagging at the smell, bitch. To quote RuPaul's Drag Race, these white. You, these white men you know who i'm talking about these white men that 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 only hang out in that intersection on logan square where it's that elston target that everyone always gets trampled at and then that five-way intersection you know what i'm talking about those white men that look like they hang out there over there and they brew their own kombucha out of their urethra you know who i'm talking about those men <laughs> over there that look so nasty sure. with their they they, they look like they, they look like they don't wipe they look, they look like they don't wipe their butts they look like they don't touch the, the balloon knot they look like they don't they don't they don't wipe their butts and they <laughs> smell nasty those white people i'm gonna call the security on them to be escorted out of the building banned from second city wow (laughs) steve's moment everybody steve's moment that needs to be a ben and jerry's ice cream it's called steve's moment and it's just got a lot of fireworks coming out at you (laughs) yes oh my god fantastic oh that was what a great way to end that uh segment thank you so much steve um all right. I think we'll just wrap. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us. Be sure to email us at comedyasanology at Gmail if you have stories for the shit jar. Uh, before we wrap, one last thing. Um, Steve, Felicia, Jules, what's healing comedy? What's something that you're enjoying? Uh, maybe it's a TV show. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a um, a bit, a TikTok thing. Maybe it's yourself. Something healing. Something healing. Ooh. Mm. You know, it, it's it's so dumb, but I literally have to take breaks uh, from because I'm working constantly and, and I don't work specific hours. But there's times I'm like, okay, you've worked for quite a bit. Why don't you play some games on your phone? Ooh. And I am, I just talked about this with somebody recently. I am obsessed with this stupid game. If my niece is listening to this podcast, she would think this is hilarious. But I'm obsessed with this game called Project Makeover. <laughs> no! I know this game! <laughs> let me tell you what, but let me tell you something. No. The thing, I, I downloaded it because I was so pissed off. No, I downloaded it because I was was pissed off at the ads. The ads do the game a disservice because I was like, who keeps telling people that they need to look a certain way? This is so problematic. (laughs) Let me, I said, let me download it and see what this is about. And then I'm going to write them a nasty review because you don't do that to people. (laughs) And and then I started down and I downloaded it and I started playing. I was like, oh, this is actually supposed to be nice like you're just giving these folks a makeover on their homes and their outfits because they've been working so hard and they just haven't had time for themselves Mm. it feels like queer eye but it's it's my eye (laughs) um and it's which is it, it can be a little tacky um but it's cute you just play games to help make over people so that has just been so relieving to me for some reason i don't know why it's a little candy crush mixed with a little bit of 
helping other people out even though they're not real people listen i um, i was so okay i was okay with all lives matter but this is where i draw the line canceled unweave that hashtag i got canceled again can you get yeah we back we back girl if you stay canceled you don't gotta get canceled okay oh my gosh that's i need a t-shirt that says that that's my new t-shirt that's amazing i'm canceled okay oh i I love that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Steve Review, what's uh, what's healing <laughs> comedy for you? Anything good? Um, if anyone's watching the Marvel TV show Loki, <laughs> which I'm obsessed <laughs> with, it's, it's really it's good. good. It's there. It's really really good. And he just uh, they just uh, canonically re- announced that um, like in the show they uh, revealed that Loki is bi. <gasps> Which is yes. been very, which that. has been very healing to see like an openly queer character in the Marvel universe, and especially someone as hot as Tom Hiddleston, who's my yes. future husband. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's fun. I need to catch up on it, but I love like when you time weird time construct type of yes. plot lines and it's been very good. Yeah. So it's been very fun. Yeah, I'm excited to catch up. I somehow knew your uh, your healing comedy was going to be something marvel related so thank you <laughs> see what you got okay there's this adorable little rom-com on hbo uh, max called starstruck Ooh. uh it's like it's based in england um it's very cheesy very cute it was <laughs> it's it's perfect yeah Ooh, is it a movie or series it's a series there's only like Ooh. six episodes and like um the main girl, I think she's like Australian. Mm. Um, yeah, it's very, it's very cute. I will have to check that out. That's a good one. I'm typing it in. Yes, yeah, Starstruck. Uh, y- Starstruck, All right, and, on HBO Max. Yeah, and like her love interest is like Nikesh Patel, and he's so hot. Mm. So it's like it's he very, very attractive. Nice. Mm. Oh, oh, everyone's getting younger, and I feel I'm getting. Younger. I know, <laughs> I know. I I had this the same yeah. thought because uh, my my thing that's healing comedy is a show called Betty on HBO, and I don't know if anybody's seen it, but it's all about teenage skateboarders in New York City. I <gasps> like that show. I've been wanting to see that. It's so it's freaking good, good. right? Freaking yes, up. and like I like visually love the way it's shot. Like it is shot from a skateboarder's perspective, and there's lots of cool little montage. But like they're they're teenagers and i'm like i somehow keep coming back to this and they're so they're so cool, cool. i know <laughs> like I, I can never be that cool still i want to be i want to cool be cool yeah. you are Same. you are you are you are cool okay not as cool as a skateboarder cool. who can wear their hat Girl, backwards right? a high schooler the other a high schooler roasted my fucking ass the other day. Oh, high schoolers are scary. High schoolers are so... I, cry, I would cry. I would cry. I almost start crying. I almost... Please don't roast me. I almost start crying. These kids are so... And these kids are clever with their insults. That's yeah. like what hurt really me. They're really rude. Yeah. Mm, that's like, awful. This kid, this kid was like, okay, Poulon to me. And I was like... <gasps> Poulon? What the f- Like fuck? Mulan, but Sorry. like Poulon. And I was like... <laughs> Where is this kid? Uh, we would love to have you on the show as a guest, please. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Jules, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, please yes. go support Stepping Stone Theater. Please, 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 please. Uh, this community um, can thrive and will thrive and will rise above all the ashes. <laughs> is that dark enough? Is that ap- apocalyptic enough? Um, 
I love it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, fantastic. We're all going to go be decent human beings. Bye. 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 This is an area code podcast.